Good afternoon, traders. Are you guys ready to end the week right here? Stock market movers. I'm ready to talk about all the action out there and, of course, get you guys the expert opinion to get you caught up for the weekend and ready for the trading week next week. We got some great guests on today. We got Sylvia Jemanowski, CEO and CIO of Defiance ETFs. We also got, of course, Sam Stavall, Chief investment strategist at CFRA Research. Great guests like always. We got a great show to talk to you today. Topics today, we'll talk about Fed Talk, Waller, FTX Ventures, Tesla, Lithium, Amazon and Klusterman's, DocuSign, Zscaler, Kroger's, RH, Zoomies, Regeneron, Apple TV Plus, defines ETFs, and of course, market sentiment on out there like always. If you guys got a mover that caught your attention or maybe a catalyst, throw it up in the chat. I'll make sure to catch it. And welcome to Stock Market Movers, where we give you all the headlines and of course, keep you guys in the informational edge. Let's get it started. I'm your host, Money Mitch, and this is Stock Market Movers. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism, and I want to breathe more than any man alive. How we doing out there, traders? Welcome to it. Let's dive right in. Before we get into the Fed talk, let's take a quick look at the overall market. See where we're trading on the day. Looks like we got in towards that 405. If you guys probably saw me on pre-market prep, I talked about 405 would be the level I'd be watching. Uh, it's important to kind of see this close right over here. So you got 405.84 here. And so I wanted to see if we could get through that high. We're getting right close towards those levels now. As you're seeing, a couple of levels that tried to go above it, even to 406.19. Now this is the level where I could see it's kind of get held up here. And so this is where we can go ahead and pay attention. Are we just going to get a rip into the CPI? Or is this kind of more of a moment that you guys can be looking for the rug pull and the turnaround? For me, I think this is definitely trying to rip a little bit into the CPI data. The question is, does it have enough strength to take it to the 410? I think that's the next area, uh, logical area to see that stop. And of course, we've talked about that on pre-market prep as a 50% retracement of the recent down move. And so we'll see if we get back towards that 410. Of course, you know, I've been seeing this kind of bounce. It's been giving us that bounce look. It did get a bounce probably about one day after the trigger line for me. Trigger for me was a 22 on the RSI here for the SPY. And then you can see it, how it clicked down the next day towards 18, 16. Then we finally started reversing back here. That was a good day Wednesday to start maybe trying to play some of the bottoming. Now you're seeing it get back towards the resistance. This is the area where I personally would be taking some profits but like always, you guys all make your own investment decisions. We'll see what happens in the SPY as it's having a good day today, trying to get through the 406 level. I just don't know how much gas it has left. 
All right, let's get towards the talk on out there right now. Fed talk is recent. Uh, Federal uh, Reserve Governor Christopher Waller coming on in here and, you know, not stating anything out of the norm that we already kind of expect. But I'll give you guys here the comments. Looking ahead to our next meeting, I support another significant increase in the policy rate. Waller said in remarks prepared for a speech in Vienna, but looking further out, I can't tell you about the appropriate path of policy. The peak range, how fast we will move there, will depend on the data we will receive about the economy. Of course, going back to the data, data, data dependent. I mean, this is something that I think they've stated throughout the whole year. But one of the things that is a little bit different here is Waller has kind of been always kind of more on, you know, the hawkish side. And he's thrown out the benchmark of 4%. Now that it's starting to price in that 4%, it's looking to me like he just doesn't know what is the appropriate path probably moving forward from that benchmark rate. I will be talking about the benchmark uh, rate with, of course, Sam Stavall as he comes on, our guest later at 145. But stick around, guys. There's a lot more to talk about. Let's keep going in the markets. All right, next one up that I want to bring up is, of course, uh, we want to talk about the FTX deal today. And I think this was an important deal, and it definitely got uh, cryptocurrencies moving, Bitcoin moving. So I'm going to go ahead also and uh, bring up a chart for us on Bitcoin as that's what we kind of want to go ahead and talk about here right now. Let me go ahead and kind of bring this in here. Just want to do this because I do not have this for my TC charts. Got to bring the Benzinga Pro here. You guys are seeing it up there towards 21,326. And look at that rip from 19,400. This gave me signs that the market was going up also. But let's talk about it. Fed talk here. Um, FTX Ventures is to take a 30% stake in Skybridge Capital. Skybridge Capital, of course, the investment fund founded by Anthony Scarmucci, will use a portion of the proceeds to purchase $40 million in cryptocurrencies to hold on its corporate balance sheets as a long-term investment, FTX Ventures announced on Friday. I personally, I just don't know too much uh, if this is the time to call the bottom in Bitcoin, but I can tell you the correlation with Bitcoin and the overall market is definitely something that you guys should keep on watch. I can do as simply as this, right? And so look, I'll do it for you guys live here. Um, so let's say if we added here the SPY, the S&P 500, right? Look how when you got that really hard down action the other day, you also got down action in the market. And look how when we bounce back, it's the same thing. Literally the same thing. You know, this is what we want to keep an eye out of how closely related this has been lately. And this is something that I'm definitely keeping a close eye on is the relationship between the overall market and Bitcoin. Will it ever separate? Because in my eyes, I see Bitcoin coming down towards 10,000, but I don't want to see the market, you know, drop down that far from here, right? That'd be uh, 50% from here, at least for Bitcoin. And I, I just don't know right now if this is the bottom that we want to be trying to call here. We'll see. Like always, I, it's just the relationship that I'm watching here, the correlation between. Will that correlation ever split? Maybe one goes down, one goes up. That's something to keep our eyes out for. All right, getting out of the Bitcoin talk. Like always, you guys can come in with your information in the chat if you guys got some comments or you just want to add to the conversation. Don't feel shy. Definitely go ahead and hit up the chat there. I see uh, Beach Bum and Easy taking on over in the chat. And you know what they're doing? 
supporting each other. And that's what I love to see out there. Love to see you guys in the chat, helping each other out, continue moving forward. All right, let's keep going. Let's get into the next topic here. Um, now we're going to go ahead and dive out of FTX going into Tesla as I thought this was setting up a nice move towards 300 today. And we still haven't gotten towards that 300. I think we got just a couple of peaks that were close to it. But let's get into it here so you guys can see that Tesla chart. So Tesla here coming in, evaluating a project for lithium hydroxide refining facility on the Gulf Coast of Texas. Tesla said that the plant would be focused on the development of battery-grade lithium hydroxide and would be the first of its kind in North America. According to a letter with to uh, Texas Comptroller Office, now one thing that is important here is that I, I've been seeing a lot of these projects start popping up. Why are these projects popping up? Well, a lot of that comes with the kind of recognition of the uh the Reduction Act and the Inflation Reduction Act and how that kind of go ahead and give you tailwinds for what's going on now, which is what are you seeing is a lot of lithium projects opening up here now in the United States. Why? Because they want to get those EV incentives, right? And they want to make deals with auto manufacturers to let them know, hey, we're going to have the materials for your drive and EV. And of course, that is going to be having to be drilled here in the United States versus, of course, going for lithium outside of the United States. So here you guys are seeing Tesla step on up. And I think this is another reason why they're willing to do it is because they want those EV incentives, which will continue pushing the consumer to pick up the vehicles. Now, let's take a look at Tesla as it's trying to get through that 300 has come up here multiple times. We'll see what happens. Can it get through it? It's right now rejecting that move. It went to 298.87. We just got a recent move to 298.68. Let's see if we can close back above 300 on Tesla as it's trying to push. And like I mentioned, keep your eyes out for more and more of those lithium projects being mentioned. PLL was one earlier in the week. Definitely one that I'm keeping an eye on. Has a really nice daily chart. We'll see what happens to this one, Piedmont Lithium. But it's not only this one, right? I think there's a ton of lithium plays that you guys can keep on watch to see uh, if they'll come out with more mentions of projects here in the United States. All right, let's get out of the Tesla talk with lithium. In a moment, we'll be getting into our first interview. Let's keep going here. Next headline is going to be on Amazon. As Amazon said Friday, it's acquiring Klusterman a company that builds warehouse machinery and robotics. Of course, uh, Klusterman's employees will join Amazon Robotics, Amazon's division focused on automating aspects of warehouse operation. And I mean, really, this is what is the move, right? I mean, let's just think about it as an overall move, right? How are companies really going to be able to cut costs? Well, a lot of it's going to be using technology, right? Using robotics to try to cut the jobs down that are needed for these warehouse operations. This is the reason why I think Amazon's calling out this uh, uh, acquisition here and going into kind of a company that builds the warehouse machinery and robotics because they realize they need more kind of robotics and to continue going into uh, kind of cutting costs. Best way is probably expanding on the technology right and so amazon was coming down here trying to fill into kind of this gap zone 
we can see here it just didn't get into it and it got close but now bouncing back so interesting to kind of watch it rebound really quickly off of that 125 level now we'll see if it gets back there towards let's say 145 so it's getting back towards the 200 day we saw the 200 day rejected here at the 16th let's see if it can get back above that one thing also is you can see that it caught kind of the bid near the 50-day moving average. This is one average that I would keep on watch. And let's see if eventually the price of Amazon eventually gets above all the moving averages, and then we truly have that support to keep the drive going. We'll see what happens there in Amazon. All right, uh, before we get into our earnings stocks today, we're going to go ahead and get into our first interview. Like always, we'll have what was hot and what was not after this interview, but let's go ahead. Let's get into our interview today. Like always, one of the things that I want to do here is give you guys the expert opinions to keep you guys in the informational edge. Like always, I can point flags right and left, but I always try to get to experts that can help you guys out there continue moving forward in the informational edge. So let's go ahead. Let's get into our first interview. All right, let's bring on Sylvia Jabonowski, CEO and CIO of Defiance ETFs. Welcome on. Welcome back. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Great to see you. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday indeed. Let's go ahead. Let's dive right into the markets. First thing is just kind of an overall. How do you feel like investors should be approaching this current environment right now? Um, yeah, that's a that's a great question. What a what a fun year it's been for the markets. So it's it's been yeah. a bit of a roller coaster ride. So I think that you know investors have a lot of options as they always do in the markets, and it's just sort of important to think about you know where we came from, why we're here, and where we're going. So yeah, you know we had this last couple of of weeks or, or months of lots of you know inflationary pressures, fears of the Fed and what they're going to do, um, geopolitical issues, you know risks of recession. Um, uber bad consumer sentiment uh, using University of Michigan, you know, last two reads. The last one was okay, but the, the two before that were pretty terrible. And, and just this this wholly negative feeling that, you know, we're going to have this huge recession, the market's going to crash and whatnot. And look, a lot of the a lot of the major indices and, and stocks that we love watching did fall. So S&P went into bear market. NASDAQ is, is you know, sort of more than more than bear market territory. Um, June got us there. We we sort of got out. We got a rebound in July and, and got pretty close to to back there in August. So, you know, that's sort of what happened. Where we are now, I, I think that there's this uncertainty in the market. We're bound to see range-bound volatility going forward in the short term. You know, if, if you ask me what will happen in the next 20 days, I think a lot of what we've seen over the past 20 days, um, any kind of news piece will move the market. So the key to the, the key to the future is really, you know, stability. And, and I think we, we sort of need three things to get that stability. One will be a strong corporate earnings season. If we see that, you know, that will tell us that Corporate America can withstand inflation. We have pricing power. Consumer remains strong. You know, the revenues, operating margins, things like that. Stability is there in that sense. Um, a, a Fed that sort of stops talking in a way that, you know, large hikes will continue and maybe starts to change the tune to we're almost there or we're just about there and we'll have some stability there. And then, of course, the dirty word inflation coming down. You know, I think if we get below 8% in the next read or two, that will feel like we're going in the right direction and the market will start to stabilize and maybe we get some momentum. But to answer your question specifically for investors, 
dollar cost average, dollar cost average, dollar cost average. These pullbacks are great for investors that have outlooks for three to five years, you know, out and particularly younger investors that are, you know, dipping into 401ks and things like that. I mean, you want to buy stocks here if, if you're in that camp and you can kind of put the cash to the side and let it sit there for a few years. Definitely, you know, time in the market, not timing the market. We hear this absolutely mentioned, you know, time in and time out, but it's really until usually you see it five, 10 years down the line when you think back to that statement or like, yeah, that's definitely the move there. It wasn't trying to time the market, but just get in, right? Especially for new investors out there. Yeah, totally. And we always have that, you know, that we say like FOMO when we see these short term rallies like today, the market looks great, right? This is all noise. The whole thing can pull back in a couple of days or two, you know, yeah. a couple of days or more. But three to five years out, I do think we'll be in a much different spot. Now, of course, uh, everyone's asking the question, do we take out lows? You know, what could be the catalyst that could potentially, you know, bring us down there? Because right now it seems like we caught a, a decent bounce there near the 390s. Yeah, so I think there there are a couple of interesting things going on. The one thing that I would say is that it's really hard to predict what what can happen. You know, my sense of it is that we won't sort of retest those lows or go lower than those lows. And you know, the reason why, with, with all the bad news, as we said, sort of inflation, hawkish Fed, geopolitics, you know, just just sort of everything um, going wrong from all directions in the market. You know, given all of that, the market has actually held up pretty well um, in in terms of you know not kind of like going below those levels from from June with with the continued sort of bad news. But I think, you know, the odd card here is that there's so much going on, right? You have this energy crisis in Europe, you have global bankers that are just emboldened to raise rates and fight inflation, you've had continued shutdowns due to COVID in China, you have, um, you know, the inflation we have here, you know, two, two, um, G, two negative GDPs, technical recession. So there are a lot of, you know, kind of risks in the market right now. But my sense of it is that, with everything that has happened so far, corporate America has held up pretty well. Companies are still flush with, with cash. You know, consumers, they have less than they did before, but the consumer is still relatively, you know, strong, as we keep saying. We see the spending in services there. Jobs numbers are good. And 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 I think, you know, I think we'll be okay. I do think we're going to see some pullbacks here and there, um, just just based on, you know, additional rate hikes and and things like that. Perhaps earnings season will will have some uh, negative surprises there. But I, I think overall we're we're going to kind of stay neutral and and start to recover in terms of equity markets into the end of the year. I'm pretty bullish on like a decent year end actually that we'll get some positive momentum October onward. Uh, would you be as bullish as to say maybe a new high? I don't know that we'll get a new. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's a reach yeah. there. I feel like. Yeah, but, that's a reach there. That's a reach yeah. there. Um, you know, but like, you know, forty-five to to forty-seven, maybe you know something like that. I In mean, it, it, it's not inconceivable, but you know, I, I'm not going to say that I see the S and P closing above five thousand. That's for sure. Yeah, there's there's some people out there in uh, that camp that uh probably be lonely at the end of the year, but let's get into yeah. more of defiance. Now I want to talk a little bit more about the ETF that you guys offer. And so first one I want to go into is more the cruise and how do you feel about the travel industry? And also a little added question. I, I just was wondering why no Airbnb? Yeah, well, that somebody's doing that already, right? So we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, okay. We are, um, so we are focused on kind of like the classic reopen trade. And we think that that's, you know, hotels, airlines and, and cruises, you know, you can definitely throw in some of these other companies out there. And I think they're more of like the fintech travel types of firms, which are super cool. But 
this ETF we thought focused, you know, very cleanly on that reopen trade, right? So you get access to the top hotel airline and, and cruises of the world. You know, this is just a great story. It's quieted down because we sort of feel like everything's back to normal, but spending is actually not. So um, domestic airlines have seen, you know, a big pop this year, 50% growth from, from last year. And they're at 90%, 93% of where they were pre-COVID in terms of bookings and things like that. You know, international travel is still nowhere near there in the 70 percentile. Um, you know, you've had fuel cost things like that kind of slamming these companies, but a lot of that is turning around, right? So fuel costs have gone down. The consumer started traveling this summer. You know, airlines, airline um, pricing was was you know you really saw inflation there, right? Prices were higher than ever. Hotels were booked. Um, but cruises is kind of the one that's a little bit slower to catch up, and I think that that's you know we're getting there with that one. But with the COVID restrictions lifted and whatnot, I just think that the next six months or so, you're going to get that corporate travel back online. And um, a lot of these companies, CEOs, Delta, for example, they gave really solid outlooks on expecting you know growth in operating margins, um, you know highest ever level bookings that that they're starting to see towards year end. And this ETF allows you to really just benefit from that. So instead of trying to figure out like okay, who's in better shape debt-wise? Is it United or Delta? Well, you know, right now, United is outperforming um, both Delta and S&P 500, but both stocks are out outperforming S&P 500. Um, Delta has a better earnings outlook, but, you know, you, you kind of want to diversify your exposure there because you don't know who will win and who will lose, but I think broadly the sector will win. Definitely an uh, interesting opportunity, especially at a time where people are just not maybe looking so much into travel stocks. It could be an opportunity to get this at a discount. Now, let's go into another one that I thought was really interesting, of course, is FIVG, which really seems interesting to me because when you get into these really uh, the thematics that I, I'm really focusing on, like autonomous driving, edge computing, and Internet of Things, remote medicine. These are all kind of areas that I definitely want to have some exposure to. So tell us a little bit more about FIVG, the next gen connectivity ETF, and some of the holdings that you guys have. Yeah, sure. So um, it, it's it's 5G actually, and and it's it's meant to represent you know the the automation and digitalization of, of the world. I think that the next decade, you know, it's kind of getting clobbered right now because growth stocks are getting clobbered, and people are thinking that you know themes are just these kind of like dirty words that we shouldn't invest in. But the truth is that themes are actually true innovations that are going to impact society and the way we live, work, play, and communicate in the next decade. So, you know, 5G is important because it's the catalyst for sort of any anything. Um, some of the, the ideas that you mentioned, edge computing, you know, artificial intelligence, electric vehicles, um, just communication between uh, rural and urban America, you know, um, digitalizing and, and creating robotics for factories where you can't find, you know, sort of workers to fill these un unfilled positions, supply chain technology, um, just about anything you can think of in terms of of tech, you know, even even cyber and cloud. So all of these things depend on, um, you know, a, a strong ability to communicate swiftly and ability to store data, um, chips, um, you know, um, network connectivity, cell phone towers, cell phone companies. You know, so these are the types of names that are actually in the ETF. They sort of represent each of these kind of sectors and subsectors. So you have everything from like the REITs and the towers and the equipment um, to digitalize things. Chips are a huge factor in all of it. And, you know, we just think that 5G is just something that 
um, you know, just 5G in itself, right? Just the conversion of, of cell phones to faster networks and, and lower latency is just going to continue and, and going to pick up and grow. The CAGR is estimated to be um, in the 50% range for the next five years or so. So we just want to give investors to all of the companies that will participate in the build out of the future of technology. Definitely. You know, uh, here at Benzingo, we love to call that the, you know, the thing behind the thing. And it's something that yeah. you know, a lot of times <laughs> you just don't think about it. But a lot of times if you look at it in school, they used to tell me, look at the underlining asset, look at the underlining assets. Well, these are a lot of what is going to play into those themes moving forward and the technology behind a lot of the kind of products and services that we'll be using. Yeah, I like the way you put that, actually. In my mind, it's like the, maybe it's, you know, we call it the future of technology, but like the things behind the things, like what are the things that makes that make things like right now they're staples, right? So maybe these are actually the staples of the future, too. That's a great way to look at it. Like it. Now, the last thing I want to do is uh, talk a little bit about healthcare, some major drug manufacturers. I've been seeing them thrown around with a lot of GARP outlooks. So is there any kind of major names that you like here with some valuations that make sense, maybe some dividends that could be coming into play? Yeah, you know, I think for healthcare, I, I generally like the sector as a defensive play. I think yeah. it's it's wise, you know, whether you just want to buy an ETF that gives you broad based exposure to it to have some defensive quality within your portfolio. You know, if we do get a big, you know, recession, people still need to go see the doctor, right? They still need their medicine and things like that. So that's that's the argument there. I like CVS and United in particular. I think, you know, CVS and um, United have done some good uh, M&A activity. I think they're growing out their uh, portfolio of services and and, you know, they sort of, they have goods, they have services, they have pharmaceuticals, they're, you know, going to be on um, the medical provider, you know, part of, part of the book, they have digitalized healthcare, fintech healthcare and whatnot. So I like those two companies, they're, they have solid balance sheets, cash on the balance sheet, they can spend um, strong operating margins, and, you know, they pay dibs, so. Well, thank you for joining us, uh, joining us today. Like always, I appreciate you coming on and talking about tech and a whole bunch of different areas. And definitely go ahead and stay up with the ETF. You guys can definitely check these out. I'll include the link so you guys can check out all the ETF Defiance has to offer. Appreciate you coming on, Sylvia. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Have a great one. All right. That's going to do it for our first interview. I hope that you guys got something out of that. And like always, give us a comment if you guys found something that you guys learned from the interviews, because that's what it's all about. Because that's what I'm here for, you guys, is just try to continue pushing you guys forward in your informational edge. Let's keep going into the next topics as we go into what was hot and what was not. Of course, uh, this is one of our favorite segments. Sorry about that, guys. Just wanted to make sure I had the banner there. What was hot and what was not? Let's get into it. Let's take a look there. CVS mentioned by Sylvia is one that has been mentioned multiple times now and a stock that I definitely would keep my eyes on. I've been looking at this area, healthcare plans, and some of them actually are really setting up for a nice move. Like one that I'm keeping a close eye on is ELV, uh, Elvin's Health. And um, so one of the things that I can see here is look at this daily chart. So nice little setups that are setting up there with uh, kind of CVS and some of those names you guys can keep on watch. MOH, Molina Healthcare, they're all looking good here. I'm keeping a close eye on some of these names. All right, let's go to what was hot and what was not today. Technology, wouldn't you know it? We've talked about this when we were finally going to see NVIDIA bounce. 
we'd probably see technology bounce also with it. It dragged the stocks down and it's coming back with it. That's what I wanted to kind of keep an eye out for us. And one of the good signs that we got here was when NVIDIA put in this day where it tried to take out the lows on Thursday at 10 a.m. It went towards what? 133.69. If you look to the left, there's a couple of lows right around that area, 133.46. 133.51s and down here, of course, down towards the 132.70s and the 132.70s, but really started holding around the 133.50s, giving us that reversal style look. And now that we've gone through the 141 outlook, now we're going back into a gap zone. We'll see if we're able to actually fill this gap and get back up there. Of course, I'll be kind of watching to see if we can get towards the 150 area and that's NVIDIA. And of course, that helped you know, led a lot of the technology names, right? If we go to the queues and we go to the high cap names, some of the leaders, we can see Apple up today, Microsoft up today, Google, Amazon, Tesla, um, a lot of these names, Google, NVIDIA, of course, getting that bounce. Um, you took a look at like AMD, look at AMD rebounding with NVIDIA. That's why I was kind of keeping my eyes on NVIDIA. I had a feeling when NVIDIA would bounce, so would the market. Uh, technology getting that bounce now. The question is, where do we start running back into some resistance here for the sector overall? That's what I would keep on watch. You can see how we fought here last time around the 818s. Um, so we're starting to get up there, but we could reverse in, I'd say, the next you know one to two days. But of course, CPI data can change all of this. We need to keep on watch. In technology, what was hot in here was electronic and gaming getting some good lift here. Now, a lot of that on take two and Roblox. Look at those moves, 8% up. SE also 7% up, but take two up a decent amount there. And you also got Playtica. So a lot of these names getting some good lift. Software application names getting some lift. Uh, CRM was one we were looking at it just a couple of days ago for what? The pretty much as low as it gets there on the RSI looking for stocks that were really beaten down to reverse. And here you see CRM really beaten down and reversing. And it's not only that one too, it was also moving with Adobe. And so we saw that reversal. Adobe got down towards a low on the RSI on the daily to a 1.42. Doesn't happen often, I'll tell you. And so you got those rebounds in names like that, the software, uh, software infrastructure, software application, you got some good lift there. So you're going to see it all around. You see it in now Uber, you see it in snow. Um, nice day there for Uber after the lift news yesterday. I wanted to see if lift was continuing to go. Let's take a look right here. Yep. Day two, nice little move up there towards 1829. Of course, this is with a rumor out there that GM and Ford are looking at it, but Hey, and rumors can get stocks moving. You can see Uber moving also significantly off of that rumor. We'll see what happens there. Um, did Unity get the bounce there? Yep, got the bounce today. I was looking at this 38.50. I'd put a line there. Not looking too bad. Let's look at growth. Uh, ARC overall, mainly in the green. There's only one name in the red, which is Signify Health, and that's because of an acquisition. But if you look around, Everything else is in the green showing us brisk off type of day and the growth names really taking off. Uh, like always, you guys can mention names in the chat. They caught your eyes. Looks like everyone's talking about the shop. Shop till you drop. Well, there you guys see it. 
Nice little reversal there around the three uh, 30 13s and you got the scoop down below there. So it was a good little reversal right back up here. Now the question is, do you go dipping into this stock? Well, at least you know you're out. That's what's important all the time. That's why I don't like to buy at the high of the weekly ranges or high on the daily ranges because that's how you get caught. I like to buy off support a lot of the times. And here you guys saw it, support coming in, and now it's bouncing back. But, of course, now it's extended, right? If you're buying it now, I mean, you're buying it up after it made an 18.62% move. So it's difficult to come in it now. But keep it on watch. Nice little 15-minute pullback towards the VWAP. Caught the next level up. We'll see what happens in shop. All right, let's keep going. Let's take a look out there. That end phase... Uh, Downgrade is really fishy. Well, it, they, they were just waiting to hit solar uh, and they hit it today. They hit it on the pullback. Now, will it keep coming down? Take a look at the industry. It got a hard hit, but it's rebounding now. We'll see what happens in this one. I finally got out of my little uh, paper competition trade on SEDG, but it, it could keep going. So we'll see what happens here. First, solar is the one that I say keep your eyes on because I saw this one crack really early on today and I could see that uh, the stocks were kind of following it. If First Solar can recover that daily high above 140s, then you're looking good. If not, you could get a couple of days of pullback here and see First Solar back down towards the 130s. We'll see what happens there. Consumer Cyclical also having a good day today. Gambling stocks, DKNG. We talked about this yesterday for the potential NFL trade getting started yesterday, last night. And look at that. I was looking at a 16 entry, risk off 15. We're already up there towards 1780s, almost to the 18s would be a nice little trade in two or three days. Looking good there in uh, DraftKings. I was also watching Penn this morning. I was interested in maybe taking a shot in that. I didn't get in it, but something that just a note, also the leading industry here, you know, gambling, casinos, getting some lift today. Not a bad move there. All right, you could also, of course, keep your eyes on leisure, reopening trades, kind of getting some lift, all right? I saw CCL up, RCL up, getting some nice lift there. Um, you can take a look at Hilton, Hilton getting some nice lift there. And so kind of a reopening trade, airlines having a uh, nice lift up today. So keep that one on watch. But then if you think about it, I mean, what is not hot? I mean, yeah, we could talk about uh, solar kind of pulling on back, but even uh, utilities having a good day today. Um, one that I've been watching that I took a trade earlier in the week was Excel. Let's see if it can get back through 77 and get to 78. Duke, I'm watching to see if it can get back towards the 112s. NEE is one that I saw pull back today that uh, could have given us an opportunity to get back through the high. We'll see what happens with this one. Let's go to real estate now, the third leading sector. And of course, what I watch this is I usually just look at the biggest movers or the biggest high cap names and just kind of keep an eye out on what's going on in kind of this real estate game. And you're getting a lot of bounces, but I, I think this are still kind of more on the leak down. We'll see what happens there in real estate. Not really names that I trade often. Consumer defensives is kind of our next leading down uh, a sector, but it's not really leading down. It's just the, the least strength. And um, grocery stores, that's where it got a nice lift. And we were looking at KR for a while now. It definitely got the lift today, got off of the weekly support, the trend line, 
This is one of the trend lines that I was watching really closely here towards the 48s. You can see we pushed right back on up here. I drew this kind of daily outlook a little while back. You can just see I created this on September 8th. Was looking to see if we were going to get back into the 51s, 52s. Now it's looking good here for a nice little push on up there towards 56 and 58s. We'll see if it gets back up there. Kroger, and of course, this is a Warren Buffett name, so not a bad stock to keep a watch on. All right, let's go towards uh, energy. Also getting a little bit of a bounce back today. XOM up today, finally getting back up. And after, uh, you guys know, I've been looking at this 95 area for an XOM kind of swing trade buy. It doesn't look too bad now as we kind of recovered here. We pulled back a little bit further than I thought towards this 92.70. But now we're trying to recover here, 96 going towards 98. And if we can get back to 100, I'm going to feel really confident about this Exxon Mobil position uh oxy is another one i've been watching looking for the bounce we finally get back up there back above the 65s it was looking good in the pre-market had gotten as, as far up as 66.13 and 66.18 we'll see if it can get back above 66 that's what we're looking for on oxy all right uh just some names that are deeper into the green like Kanoko phillips that looks a little bit better today above the vwap not below it we'll see what happens there in oxy if we ever get a mention from Warren. All right, let's keep going here. We got about a couple minutes left, about eight minutes. So let's get out of what was hot and what was not. Let's start going into some of these earning stocks. All right, so first one up we're going to get into, of course, is DocuSign. So let's go to Docu and see how it's trading on the intraday. You can see it actually came down uh, from those earnings and uh, it kind of just gave up the earnings. It, it gave it right back up there. DocuSign coming in here at an EPS at 44 cents, beating the 42 cent estimate sales at 622.2 million, beating the 602.34 million estimate. Uh, when you take a look at their revenues, they kind of see it in line there. Nothing too off. Um, so something to keep on watch. Uh, but you know, they didn't really surprise on their guidance. They didn't raise it, right? They just kind of more in line. But it is catching up to the trade now as you're seeing a nice little pushback after it pulled back fast there. We'll see if it's able to kind of close back into the green. Uh, the open here on this price was, let's take a look here. I have the open at 65.82. So let's see if we can get back up there. That's what you're going to be looking for on Docu. Uh, Zscaler, let's go to Zscaler. This was doing really well. And look at that move in the intraday, continuing the push. Really nice pattern there, really kind of giving that lift and continuing the lift there is Zscaler. EPS at 25 cents, beating the 20 cent estimate. Sales at 318.1 million, beating the 305.41 million estimate. Zscaler sees Q1 adjusted EPS at 26 cents. Uh, they did raise... Uh, their sales guidance here towards 339 million to 341 million on the on the kind of the high side and 324.84 million estimate and they see a full year 23 adjusted EPS at a dollar 16 to a dollar 18. Uh, Zscaler getting that push today. Now the question is, where does this one stop? Where is are the daily levels? Where are we run and run into resistance? Looks like we're going right into that now, as you can see here from this low uh, kind of double bottoming area. We're running right into it around the 190 area. So 
looks like this is kind of the area where we could see it kind of hold on up. We'll see if it gets past that 190 and gets into the 200. But it's been a monster day since yesterday. It's up about 21.57%. And for a higher price stock, big, big move there in Zscaler. All right, Kroger, Kroger, not looking too bad there. Get, definitely getting some lift today. Uh, let's give, let's talk about the Kroger numbers here. EPS coming in at 90 cents, beating the 77 cent estimate. Sales at 34.6 billion, beating the 34.25 billion estimate. Kroger is getting that lift here. And I mean, this, this one looked good. You know, I've talked about this weekly kind of trend line that it's been bouncing off for a while now and holding the trend. This is what you want to be looking for when you're looking to play a, a stock, right? A stock that's holding that trend. You know, it stayed bullish even though we've gone into kind of a bearish environment, right? And so now you're seeing this come back on up. Looks like it wants to come back towards 54 and 56. Good day today. Now we want to be looking for some pullbacks to kind of hold here. Make sure that we're holding around the 50 mark. And so right now we're at 5140s and definitely getting the lift. And you can see it on the hourly. It came back right at the open, closer to those kind of lows from yesterday, and then bounce right off of that, getting right back up there through the range. This is definitely one to keep on your radar. All right, Kroger is getting that lift. Let's go to Restoration Hardware RH as it's getting some lift today into the intraday market and kind of just went sideways off the earnings, but into the intraday, definitely getting at least a little appreciation here. EPS at $8.08, missing the $8.48 estimate. Sales at 991 uh, 0.62 million beating the 968.42 million estimate, but still showing continued softening for sales, I think is really what you kind of got to keep on focus. And the truth is, is, you know, you think about it, right? I mean, how many people are kind of doing, you know, new kind of restorations to kind of their houses? A lot of these were done in the pandemic. Is this just kind of more of a cycle away from this? And you got to wait for it to come back into favor. It's something that I'll just keep on watch. It's nothing that kind of blows me into an opportunity here. But it is trying to get back above the 50-day moving average. Keep your eyes on that. And what do you see? 200-day nice above it. So let's see if it starts making its way back towards that. And if it can start holding the 50-day, I'll at least take a look at it. That's RH. All right, getting out of that in about a minute, we're going to be getting into our interview. I did want to touch a headline before we get into that interview because I have a feeling, you know, I'm not going to want to stop once I get into that interview. So let's make sure that we touch on Morgan Stanley's analyst note today, put it out on Regenron. I did catch that move when it just ripped yesterday and it was a move. And now you're seeing Regenron continue to nice push here. Uh, Morgan Stanley note analyst Matthew Harrison upgraded Regenron saying that it could gain another 20% from the current levels after shares rallied on Thursday on the back of positive uh, drug trial results. Overall, we now see Regenron as the preferred large cap growth name supported by a range of products delivering durable revenues and advancing oncology pipeline with the potential to diversify the base business. Uh, this was said by Harrison, and now it's looking interesting. I was going to keep watch on this to see, you know, was this going to get kind of the biotech started again? As you guys can see, you know, biotechs had pulled back here for about, let's say, you know, 22 days, 15 days, pretty much uh, how you've been seeing the market pull back. And now in three days, 
we just make up right back up there 6.3%. So it's definitely an area that I'm keeping on watch. Names like Moderna catching a little bit of a bounce there. BioNTech getting a little bit of a bounce. So definitely some names that I would just want to keep on my radar. Amgen still holding on. And I kind of like this chart. You know, it just keeps holding on. If it can get back through, let's say 255, 260s, definitely some of these biotechs I just want to have on my radar. Because even though they pulled back, they're looking like they're coming back just as fast. We'll see what happens there in biotech. And of course, we've talked about it earlier earlier today, a lot of those drug manufacturers, the major ones, these are some on my radar for some GARP outlook. We'll see what happens there, of course, and some drug manufacturers in healthcare. All right, getting out of that, let's go ahead. Let's get into our second interview here. Like always, if you guys can do me a favor, hit the thumbs on up and support us as we support you guys, bringing you guys great expert opinions to keep you guys an informational edge. Let's dive into our second interview. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first. When you hit the wrong segment. <laughs> All right, let's bring on Sam Stavall, Chief Investment Strategist at CFRA Research. Welcome back, Sam. Hey, Mitch. Good to talk to you again. Definitely great to talk to you. I always appreciate you coming on and you give me a great outlook into the market. And that's what it's all about is trying to keep our audience in an informational edge. So let's first start talking. Of course, I've heard you mention about potentially retesting those June loans. Are you still in that camp? And if so, what kind of catalyst could take us down to those June lows? Well, actually, we're going through that uh, retesting process now. And on Tuesday afternoon, we closed above a very uh, important support level, uh, both in terms of price support and Fibonacci retracement level at around 3,900 on the S&P 500. So because that support level held, because we're getting stimulus from China, because I think a lot of the news about the Fed, about in inflation, et cetera, is already being factored into the market, I think we have to wait to see if maybe this 3900 uh, retest ended up being a successful one, and therefore we continue to work our way higher. I, I, I saw that one too. I was watching that FIB retracement there, a little golden mean for us there. And uh, we're going to keep watch on the emerging market trade and China trade. You just mentioned uh, kind of the stimulus and have, you know, investors ca crawling at both sides now. You know, a lot of people are still concerned about, you know, kind of geopolitical issues with China coming on up. But others are also looking at it as a massive opportunity. How do you see it, Sam? Well, I think that uh, you can't wait until all of the news is in before you start nibbling back into certain areas. When you re realize that over the last 15 years or more, uh, we the U.S. has outperformed the international benchmarks. Uh, and in particular, right now, the S&P 500 is trading, or I should say the uh, MSCI EFA is trading more than two standard deviations below its mean in terms of relative P.E. ratios. So 
whenever that group does turn, it probably will end up having a very nice move forward. Uh, in terms of China, well, they're certainly going overboard in terms of protectionism regarding COVID, et cetera. Uh, but at the same time, they're trying to revive their economy with stimulus packages, uh, cutting interest rates, et cetera. So uh, obviously what they want to, uh, in a sense, keep the hands on both pies. Now, one thing that I've been kind of considering is if the Fed would think about pivoting on, you know, the norm, which is what they've always said, inflation at 2%. You know, there was a time when we were trying to fight it to that 2%. Now we're trying to fight it back down to the 2%. Do you think there could potentially be a new norm set standard, maybe a 4%? Do you think that that could happen? Um, I think they're going to stick to their guns with the 2% uh, until uh, or unless they have a very, very hard time getting back down to 2%. Because if you recall, when they were having a very hard time getting up to 2%, then they sort of relaxed the rules a little bit to say that about 2% or, or so with over an extended period of time. So they were uh, sort of adjusting the level as well as adjusting the time frame. So maybe they do something like that going forward. But I think that uh, with uh, the gasoline coming down as much as it is, uh, that we'll probably end up seeing only an 8% rise in headline CPI uh, when it reports on the 13th. And we're forecasting the year-on-year -year change to be only 5.9% by the end of this year and about 2.2% by the end of next year. So we will be coming down fairly quickly. Now, do you feel it's going to be too early to kind of call a new bull market until the Fed truly pivots or at least mentions pivots? Well, the definition, our definition anyway, of a new bull market is a 20% advance off of the prior bear market low. But there's a caveat. You've got to not set a new low uh, within six months, meaning back in November, December, January of 2008, 2009, we did have a more than 20 percent advance only to turn right around again and hit an even lower low on March 9th of 2009. So that 20 percent advance I don't regard as a new bull market. Uh, so we've got to have a 20 percent advance and remain above the old low for at least six months uh, before I say that we are truly in a new bull market. That said, we have gone uh, more than 50 percent. We've retraced more than 50 percent of the bear market decline as of August 12th. And history says, but obviously does not guarantee, that whenever we have retraced 50% of a bear market move, uh, we have never gone back to, re to make a lower low. Like they say, you know, uh, history doesn't repeat, but sometimes rhymes, right? Um, now, one thing that I want to start talking about, of course, is energy. And I think this is going to be the big focus. I mean, because at the end of the day, if energy keeps spiking... What will happen to inflation? How do you see oil and natural gas situation going into winter? Well, first off, I think we need to differentiate between energy and energy stocks. Uh, energy stocks are trading at a 55% discount to its long-term PE ratio, even after the 40 plus percent move that we saw this year. So these stocks are still very much undervalued. And even if we end up at oil prices at $80 a barrel, these companies can make an awful lot of money uh, based on that oil price. 
I think that there will continue to be nervousness regarding Europe, regarding their gas reserves uh, and how cold the, the winter will likely be, et cetera. Uh, but I, I think that they are making headway in terms of uh, preparing themselves for that eventuality. So while we could end up seeing oil prices gravitate back up toward $100 per barrel, we don't see it staying meaningfully above that level. Now, I just want to give you the floor, Sam, to go ahead and maybe mention some thoughts and, and some of the things that we should be focusing on as investors. What do you see out there that maybe some investors are just missing? Well, I think that you want to take advantage of opportunities. Um, looking at those sub-industries within the S&P 1500, that's the 500 plus mid-cap plus small-cap indices, looking at those groups that are more uh, than two standard deviations below their mean in terms of where they are now versus their 200-day moving average. So areas like casinos and gaming, like internet and direct marketing retail, uh, auto parts, application software. These are areas that, in a sense, because they have been priced to go out of business but have not, they represent a, a good trading opportunity going forward. And we do have buy recommendations on many of the stocks within those sub-industries. Well, thank you for coming on. Like always, Sam Saval, Chief Investment Strategist at CFRA Research. Appreciate you always, and we'll have you back on, Sam. Thanks, Mitch. Have a great one. All right. There you guys have it. Like always, I definitely appreciate getting the information from Sam. I feel like he's one of the analysts that are more just dead on in the market, always keeping up with the different trends. And like he mentioned, he gave us some great insight of how we can maybe start looking in to maybe looking at some opportunities. I think this is the time too. you know, you know, we can talk about, you know, fighting lows. We can talk about going back up to all time highs. But is this an opportunity? Yes. And I think that, you know, there's some investors that, you know, probably went through the 2020 time when, you know, stocks were booming. But as true investors, this is a moment that we got to really kind of assess. And we've gotten great discounts on a lot of stocks, a lot of stocks down 60, 70, 80 percent. This is an opportunity that we need to go ahead and finally dive on into Looking at what stocks make sense with the fundamentals, the technicals, and of course, the story, that's how I like to approach it. But like always, we're not going to know that it's the bottom until it's too late, right? And so one of the things that you need to start determining is, is that a tradable bottom? This is one thing that you get here uh, often comments from Dennis Dick on pre-market prep. Is it a tradable bottom? Do you have a clearly defined risk spot? Well, here we start getting that clearly defined risk spot. And now it starts looking at, you start looking at some higher quality names and maybe taking some shots. Same way that I'm looking at the market overall, I do think that we could pull back. We could maybe even fight those June lows, but are we going to go, much further down from there, I don't see too much further down. I know some people were calling early on three, you know, 300 on the SPY or 3,000 on the S&P 500, uh, but I, I just don't see how we can get down there. And that's why I keep kind of referring to what are the catalysts that could bring us back to those June lows? Because I do see CPI coming in a little bit light, right? And I do see kind of the 75 basis points being the talk that's kind of already kind of priced in or the, the thinking at least in the overall market. So now at this point, we need to ask ourselves, what comes further down the line? What are the catalysts that are going to bring us up or down? And in my eyes, I'm starting to see that there's going to actually be 
at least in the short term, in the next maybe couple of weeks, potentially some kind of bullish setting on up. We could get a nice little push on up. Even though you guys know I'm overall bullish on the market, um, overall bearish on the market, and there comes a point in time where you really have to just start looking, is this an opportunity? And could we have gotten a nice bottoming around the 390s? And we just don't even crack that. So we'll see what happens. Like always, CPI data is going to depend a lot on inflation. We'll see how sticky housing was. Of course, housing and food is what kept that number higher than what I think it should have came down to with the energy move. Of course, energy came down massively in the last CPI report, but what kept it was food and housing. So we're going to keep watch how sticky the housing inflation has been and how sticky the food inflation has been. We'll see if that number can go down enough to where we really just start getting the inflation worries out. If the inflation worries goes out, does the uh, kind of the Fed need to continue on that hike streak, right? Because they don't want to cause a recession, but at the same time, they see a strong job market, they see uh, a strong economy, yet they see inflation all the way up here. They're going to keep trying to push it down until inflation really shows that it's heading towards that 2%. And then we'll get more and more talk of Fed pivot. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's going to be an interesting talk. What happens? Do they get the benchmark up there to 4% by the end of the year? I would say yes. But like always, I don't think anybody knows because it's going to depend on a lot of inflation data. And we'll see what happens. All right, just to kind of recover what we talked about today, I did have one more topic to slide into, but it's kind of just more of an outlook to kind of keep an eye uh, on Apple, right? Um, it's nothing that you have to like kind of watch for the specific catalyst, how it's going to work with Apple. But in the long run, uh, one thing that I wanted to mention is that Apple TV is up for an outstanding drama and outstanding comedy series at the Emmys. And we start thinking about the streaming services, right? The streaming services have an option to make. And a lot of this option, a lot of the times is what? It's quality or quantity. Well, Apple here has been focusing on quality and you can see how this has helped them. They're not, you know, offering, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of brand new movies and originals, but the originals that they are making are having some great success. And so, you know, you start thinking about the streaming services and the battle that they're going through. Like um, now they're calling, you know, Apple TV Plus kind of like the new HBO and HBO Max kind of giving too many offers and originals that just didn't hit like their old ones had hit. And so we need to kind of keep watch how this develops and the streaming kind of strategies, right? If Apple's going to be sticking to quality over quantity, is that the best route to go? Just to mention that I'd put out there. All right, let's go wrapping on up. Let's recap the topics of today. We had a great show like always. We talked about Fed Talk, Waller, FTX Ventures, Tesla, Lithium, Amazon, Klustermans, and Doc. RH, we didn't touch Zoomies earnings, so I missed one today. I'll give that. Uh, but we did cover the Regeneron, Apple TV Plus, Defiance ETF, and, of course, the market sentiment with Sam Stavall. I hope that you guys enjoyed today's show. And all this week's show, like always, hit the comments after. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for you guys to keep moving forward, try to get you the information. 
get to whoever we need to get to to keep in the informational edge. So if there's for any reason an analyst that you want to see right here on, of course, Stock Market Movers, I'll make sure to reach on out and get them on. We'll see you next time. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. You know, if you're a big football fan, well, enjoy it also. But like always, stay safe. We'll see you back on Monday and keep battling in the markets.